The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about a powerful but complex marketing channel, programmatic ad buying. Joining us is Danny Katib, who is the founder of Granite Media, which is a new media publisher that pairs quality storytelling with smart business. Granite Media is both a content publisher and a programmatic ad buyer, so Danny is uniquely qualified to share his thoughts on the programmatic advertising landscape. Yesterday, Danny and I talked about his overview of how the programmatic ad space works. And today we're going to talk about whether the programmatic ad space is right for brands that are large and small. Here's our interview with Danny Katib, the founder of Granite Media. Danny, welcome back to the MarTech podcast. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you back. Yesterday we covered a lot of ground and we talked a lot about how Granite Media has built its own trading desk and we focused on what programmatic advertising is and how you're using it in your company and my big takeaway was that you invested a ton of resources and time and energy into building out your own trading desk to be able to evaluate the ROI in basically real time for your content. For the marketers that are listening to this show that want to test programmatic ad buying but aren't going to build their own programmatic ad platforms, I'd love to get your take on what are some of the resources that they can use and I actually want to walk through using the MarTech podcast as an example. Let me just start off by saying I've tested Facebook advertising, Twitter advertising. I've tested Taboola and Outbrain. And, you know, I'm a content producer and haven't found that any of those platforms independently, this is just me running the advertisements sort of surface level, maybe even doing some retargeting off of people that have come to my sites, but I haven't found any of those advertising platforms to be profitable for promoting content. Your whole business is centered around getting content out there using those same four platforms. So what am I missing and what are some of the ways that content producers like me can take advantage of the native advertising and social advertising platforms? So I think one of the most important places to start for anyone is to define your funnel up front and define KPIs for every aspect of that funnel and then define how you're going to track that KPI for your funnel. You will find it's different for every type of content. A podcast is going to have a very different type of funnel than long-form evergreen content that we write. 
So if you think about it that way, what you'll realize is on the marketing channel side, the beginning of your funnel is whether the advertising creative that you've put forward is performing or not. That is its own beast you have to optimize for. And the second will be how your content is performing and engaging. And you'll need to have a plan for how to track that. And the third will be your monetization piece, which is how you're actually getting return for that marketing investment. Every single one of those, if you're not going to go ahead and build technology to integrate those, you'll need to figure out how to help your business intelligence team or your marketer or you in your case to collect those different pieces of data and look at them for any marketing campaign in a unified way so you know why something is or isn't working. Let me give you some data points about the MarTech podcast and let's walk through a scenario. At the end of the year last year, we had a little over 10,000 downloads per month. We were actually close to 13,000 and a 90% subscriber rate. So let's say that we have 10,000 subscribers of our podcast and we were able to sell $30,000 of sponsorship revenue over a quarter. So to me, the math there is a subscriber to the podcast is worth $3 over the next three months, right? Those are our KPIs. So we know the value of a subscriber is going to be $3 over three months or $1 per month. If I want 100% return on investment, that means that the amount that I'm willing to invest in acquiring a subscriber is 50 cents. How do I use programmatic advertising using those KPIs to test the various channels that you mentioned? Right. So there's a lot of data and there's actually a lot of richness in your funnel, which is that you can try to figure out how to better optimize your marketing, but you can also figure out how to optimize your subscribers to downloads and also on your sales effort, if you sell more, then obviously you're going to get higher return. So just as a blanket statement, there's lots of different ways to improve that funnel with respect to, but let's say you've come up with a number and it's 50 cents and you think that's what it's worth to get a subscriber. So you will probably want to set up some campaigns through all four of those channels that you described. And the key to remember is that most of these marketing channels will decide whether or not to show your ad based on the predicted yield that they will get from showing your ad. So if your ad has a high CTR and you are running a cost per click model, then obviously that's worth more money to Facebook potentially than if your ad is a low CTR ad. Because if it's cost per click, they're doing the probability assessment of how much they're going to make by showing your ad. So already your first two levers to start with are what is my bid and what is the CTR that I'm actually getting? That's your performance metric on the channel. So I'll give you an example. I tested one of the native advertising platforms, a Taboola Outbrain type platform, and I put in a 50 cent bid targeting desktop users in countries where I see that the podcast is downloaded frequently. And the click-through rate was 0.01%, so a very low click-through rate. And I was testing basically the entire run of network, and I had a couple different ad creatives and campaigns. And I'm sitting here looking at this saying, okay, I can spend $250 testing this campaign, but the traffic that's coming to me is not very good because I'm not very targeted. And the volume of the campaign isn't very good. And the amount of traffic that I'm getting 
isn't great. Why am I going to invest more time? I'm sure that there's a real-time bidding mechanism that can optimize what I'm doing, but I'm testing some of these native channels and I've done it in Facebook and Twitter and not seeing that there's value in promoting my content. Is it that the manual processes I'm using just aren't sophisticated enough, right? I'm just basically rolling the ball onto the court and saying, run me across your whole network and the programmatic ad buying solutions will improve that? Or is it just that the type of content or advertising I'm running isn't working? It's probably a mix of the two, and it will depend on the marketing channel that you're referring to. So for example, in the case of native networks, if we take Outbrain or Taboola in general, the types of targeting capabilities that they provide are pretty darn broad. And if you were to go look at Business Insider or The Guardian or the ESPN widgets, you will generally see a mix of national interest stories and nationally targeted products from retailers. It's not really a great channel for niche unless you can rely really heavily on retargeting and lookalikes. So if your audience for your podcast is extremely niche, it will be hard to run on a broad network that's designed for general news and information, short of using pixel data. In the case of social, you have more hope for that type of really niche content because you tend to have better targeting parameters in general. I can say that a 0.01% click-through rate, even at a 50-cent bid, which is a pretty good bid on those native networks, isn't going to get shown much. They generally need 0.15, to kind of get some meaningful volume out of those channels. Okay. So my creative isn't very compelling, which is one of the reasons why the content isn't showing up very much. My CTR seems to be the issue. It's not the bid. It's definitely not the bid for those channels. It's definitely the CTR. Again, though, the creative is not compelling. Could mean you need to vary the creative and it could be that the topic, the creative does a good job of mapping to the topic, but the topic is not national interest. Now, if you're using things like employment category as marketing as a piece of targeting, even though I'm filtering the entire audience by somebody who I think is going to be interested in marketing, you're saying it still has to be a nationally interesting story. I think they're starting to layer those interests in. So I think it's early for those networks to see how valuable they are. So I haven't found great success in using those. So for us, for example, we tend to just run pretty much across a geo. So I'm not sure specific for that marketing channel, but they don't have the same kind of data on their users that Facebook or Twitter would. So I just don't know how powerful that level of granularity is. I still think at the end of the day, at 0.01, you're going to have a hard time getting meaningful volume. Okay. So what I'm hearing is when you're testing out the native advertising platforms, you're best suited creating lookalike audience and using your pixel to be able to retarget people that you know are interested in your content, as opposed to trying to find new users if you're building out ads manually. And if you're on Facebook and Twitter, their targeting criteria, they have more data on their users. So you're able to use some of their built-in targeting mechanisms to find new potential users. I think for the case of niche-oriented content, yes. Okay. Now, here's the thing is I'm doing all of these bidding manually. I'm testing out all these channels one at a time. I'm doing it by myself. And I'm responsible, turns out, for content creation, for publishing. I won't go into the list of things that I'm doing to make this podcast actually happen, but it takes a meaningful amount of time. I can't invest all day and all night in optimizing these channels and bids. 
Are there solutions that are programmatic ad buying solutions that a content producer like me can use to test out the various channels? Is there a way to automate this process? And if so, what do those relationships look like? I think there are specialist agencies who will focus on one or more aspects, but not necessarily in an omni-channel fashion across different types of marketing channels. So if you want to broadly define marketing channels across four areas, you have search, you have social, you have the native networks, and you have the open web, RTB, basic banner ads. There are agencies that you can go to that will probably specialize and try and help you either as a traditional agency model where they'll run the campaigns for you or through some self-service tool. And they'll tend to specialize in one of those four. There isn't really a good answer for you to try to have one-stop shop for an omni-channel solution without paying an arm and a leg today, sadly. So at what point are you able to go to an agency that is, I'm using air quotes that nobody can see, programmatic ad buying agency, right? Like the Granite Media without actually being the content producer. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. At what point can you go to an agency and say, I'm creating this content. Here is how I evaluate ROI. I need you to drive traffic to it. So for example, in our space for content marketing, these aren't the group ends of the world. These are smaller startups targeting folks like you and me. So you'll see folks like AdRiser or PubPlus who are trying to help small publishers get better reach through the native networks in particular. In the case of Facebook, you had one called Kiwi, which didn't necessarily work out as well as folks were hoping. There's a couple other examples. But if you talk in the space, you can find out who's working with startups. It doesn't tend to be the large advertising agencies, though. So they're basically specialized agencies that are focusing on startup content producers that are helping them use programmatic advertising technology. And you're going to get some kind of fee against it, which can be anywhere from 10 or 15% of your spend, broadly speaking. 
Okay, so what I'm hearing is that for smaller content producers, there is no way to tap into a trading desk without building a larger relationship with some sort of an agency, right? There's no omni-channel way to test advertising your content across each of the major four platforms right now. What advice do you have for smaller content players for them to pick off channels and start testing and building out their own technologies? If I were starting day zero and I had nothing but myself to rely on and I've done no marketing, I would probably figure out if search or social was a better channel for my type of content and just go play with the top player in that space. So depending on the type of product you're offering, search might be a great answer. And I would just go to Google AdWords and figure it out. Because if you can't figure it out in Google AdWords, going to play with Bing is a waste of your time. And if you believe that social is really the channel where you're going to find your audience or your content's going to resonate, then just go work on Facebook. If you can't make it work on Facebook, it's probably going to be a hard thing to make work on Twitter, Pinterest, or Snapchat. So I'd probably pick either Google or Facebook and just log into your UI, depending on which you felt was a better fit for the context. And in terms of benchmarks for content marketing, what do you see as CPMs, CPCs? What are you seeing for click-through rates? What's the range there? Click-through rates vary dramatically, and they vary more than cost per click or bid rates do across these different types of platforms. Broadly speaking, for our type of content, content marketing, let's use US numbers just to keep it simple and sane. Mm -hmm. If you're targeting a desktop platform, you can probably start to get meaningful volume anywhere north of 15 cents. If you can get to 20 or 25 cents for a click, you can probably get some meaningful volume assuming your CTRs perform. And in the case of mobile, it's hard to get anything at less than 5 to 10. It's kind of your range. If you can get above 10, then magic can happen. And that's kind of broadly across the different channels. The CTRs are wildly different because the placements are wildly different. If you want to look at the native networks, things like Outbrain and Taboola, which tend to run a small widget at the bottom of an article or on the side, you're looking at 0.2%, 0.25% as okay click-through rates. On Facebook, where there is a highly captive audience and you're literally getting the front screen real estate, you see way higher. So you can see low single digits on desktop and you can see high single digits or even low double digits on mobile. So it's basically an order of magnitude is the range from when you're using the social networking channels as opposed to when you're using the native advertising, the Taboola and Outbrains. As far as the benchmark for the CTR, yes. In the case of CPC, they're actually not wildly different. Right. Well, I mean, it all works down to what you're paying to get somebody to your website. So it makes sense that the CPC would be the same. Your click-through rates are going to be different because of the placement. Correct. And then when you were saying the cost per click was something between 5 to $0.25, cents depending on the placement. Depending on the platform and the placement, yeah. Interesting. So it sounds like there is ways to do content marketing on the various channels. I'm using the MarTech podcast as an example, as if I'm trying to drive a subscriber using these channels, doing content marketing for $0.50, cents, it sounds like there is a possibility for content producers like me to still drive some ROI. It's just a matter of testing. Yeah. I mean, for context, just to put some numbers behind what we do, last year, we produced maybe 800 long-form stories over the course of the year. This is our first full year of operations. Mm -hmm. 800 stories across our four brands. We did almost 9 million in revenue. Most of that was through marketing automation. We probably spent something like 6.5 million in marketing. 
and made $8 million in revenue, so call it $1.5 million in gross profit from marketing the stories that we produced. We were profitable as a business because of it, because our operating expenses were closer to a million. So that's 800 stories. Maybe 25% of them worked. 75% of them had no hope. 25% of them worked. And we've had stories that have made over thirty dollars to $50,000 in profit, one story, over the course of a year. So it can work. Right. And the context there is that you are focusing on nationally relevant content, as opposed to content producers that are more niche, aren't going to be able to have the same reach. You know, I produced 100 articles basically last year, had 100 interviews for the MarTech podcast, but they're very much for a niche audience. So my CPAs are going to have to be dramatically higher because I don't have that much reach, right? I'm filtering the audience by so much. Yes, the dynamics change depending on the scope of the audience you're going after. For us, we go after national interest, which allows us to get higher CTRs because more people are interested in the stories we write. Mm -hmm. But they're not necessarily worth as much because it's a broad audience. So we have to bid a lower CPC and it works out. If you have a highly niche audience that's highly valuable, you're playing a different game. You're not going after 10 million users. And you can bid a much higher CPC. And the whole game, of course, is to get anybody to care. So it is a different game. It's workable, but it's a very different game. Interesting. So we've been talking about how to drive traffic to the website. The last question I have for you is in terms of driving revenue when you're producing this content, is it as simple if you're starting out as just drop an AdSense placement on your website to understand what the revenue is? Or are there any other tools that you recommend to try to drive revenue when you're creating content? If you are looking at a free content ad-supported model, there are some good service providers today who will bring you a lot more revenue than just using AdSense. So these are folks like AdThrive or Mediavine or Freestar. That would be three examples where you'll drop their code on your page and they will basically act as your programmatic specialists and try to bring you real-time bidding from 30 to 50,000 different advertisers. This will perform substantially better than dropping an AdSense tag and is only maybe marginally more complicated. Okay. So it sounds like where the real-time bidding and the programmatic ad buying technology isn't as sophisticated for smaller content producers. On the flip side, the monetization tools are more sophisticated and you are able to basically do a better job creating and generating revenue from your content. Driving traffic is something that you're still going to have to use. You're going to have to do manual testing yourself. Yeah. I think in our case, we've built a custom enterprise-grade solution for generating revenue. But I think for smaller authors, bloggers, and publishers, there are pretty good third-party solutions to help you with monetization, and much more so than on the marketing side. I would agree with that. Okay. Any last tips for people that are running content creation business in terms of either driving traffic, driving monetization, or understanding the dynamics between the two? Just know your funnel, know how you're going to track it, try everything, and have fun. Great. Danny, I appreciate the time. I appreciate you giving us advice. And uh, I'm going to go start testing my Facebook ads again right as soon as we get off the conversation. All right. Thanks. All right. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks again to Danny Khatib, the founder of Granite Media, for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Danny, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send him a tweet at Khatib, K-H-A-T-I-B-D-A, or you could visit his company's website, granitemedia.com. 
And if you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, don't worry about it. We've got you covered. Just head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for all of our guests. And if you're a subscriber to the MarTech Podcast, thanks for being a member of our community. We always want to hear from you, so we created benjshap.com slash question, where you can send us your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P, on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a weekly stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we've got great episodes lined up for the rest of the week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. Okay, that's it for today, but until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.